So if you think about a plan for your health or a plan for your business, what do you do? You create a business plan. You create a health plan. You say, I want to be, you know, at this place in my business by the end of the year. The same thing applies for each one of these elements. The same thing applies for your relationship. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and this is going to be a fantastic episode. We've got two incredible people today, Lance and Brandy Salazar. They're on a mission to help people reconnect with each other and stay deeply in love. And they did this while raising their daughters. They created legendary couples with kids because they know firsthand how challenging it is to keep your marriage a priority while juggling careers and being parents. They now know it is possible to be more in love than ever before. And their story is really cool, and we're going to talk about it as we get into it. But We're also going to dive into their newest book, The Miracle Morning for Couples, which they co-authored and published this year and is available everywhere. Lance and Brandy, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's great to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Dr. Richard. So this is going to be cool. As I I said before we went in there, I love interviewing couples because it adds to the excitement and dynamic surprises that we often have when we're doing stuff like this. I want to hear about your story. I, I want to go back to what I intentionally left out of, of your bio. Talk to us about where things were with you guys in 2014. And then we're going to go from there. But I, I think it's important that we build the foundation as we move forward. I mean, I think our story is pretty normal for a lot of couples, right? You know, you have that happy-go-lucky years of marriage where you, can, you really don't have responsibilities. Kind of do whatever the heck you want, whenever you want. And then you have kids. And (laughs) for us, parenthood was a big giant slap in the face, to put it lightly. I don't know. It it just, you know, I don't think there are really any great rule books or guidebooks on parenting. You know, I think one of the best pieces of advice, parenting is sometimes don't listen to anybody else's advice. I don't know. But I think in a lot of ways, having kids just simply caused us to deprioritize our marriage put a wedge between the two of us, and we didn't focus on each other. It was really kind of the gist of it. Really. Right. And developing a strong marriage, you know, after you have kids and all the distractions of careers and home and schedules and all of that is, isn't easy. And so it was easier for us to focus on our careers, focus on parenting the kids than to look in the mirror and say, your marriage needs work and it's going to be uncomfortable. So in 2014, we decided to call it quits. Uh, We decided that uh, we would be better parents to our daughters by not being together. And really, one of the biggest uh, catalysts to that, or at least, you know, influences is really that we wanted our daughters 
to be witness to what a marriage really could be. Like, what does an amazing marriage look like? And when we looked at ours, it just wasn't what we envisioned would what we would want for yeah, ours them. Yeah, sucked. Right. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't want hey, that. Hey, ladies, for us. do this. No, don't yeah. do this. You know, and we've had. <laughs> People ask us, you know, did you guys, didn't you consider staying together for the kids? We're like, well, actually, no, we decided to actually get separated for the kids. You know, <laughs> I mean, because we could have been, we felt at the, that time we would be maybe better off without us together. But we decided to say, you know, rather than completely separate, we said, let's just take a time out here. Let's work on ourselves individually. We, we did a, we, we called it putting the marriage on the shelf. We decided to sort of keep the lights on, so to speak in the household where we've just made sure the kids were fed, they got to school, they had the things they needed, you know, in order to survive, so to speak. But we didn't put pressure on the intimacy of our relationship at that time. Yeah, no connection. And yeah, and we focused on ourselves. We focused on ourselves. Which is where we we found, when we found the Miracle Morning. That's exactly right. You know, uh, Brandy was, was into personal development and she had started doing, you know, the Miracle Morning. And I thought, well, you know, I'm really don't, my own personal journey was that I wasn't happy. I was kind of depressed with myself, with what was going on in my life and with my job. And I didn't think I was showing up as a husband, a father, or a, or a man for that reason. And I decided to take on the Miracle Morning as well. And I think that helped me in a lot of ways grow myself. So we're big fans of the Miracle Morning here at The Daily Helping. For those of you who want to check that out, tune into episode 50, where we had Hal Elrod himself on the show talking about everything Miracle Morning. Uh, so I, I love that you got into that, but I had a couple of questions because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this who are you know newly married or maybe they're newly to being parent, new to being parents. It's the proper grammar. They're probably wondering a couple of things, like I am. So you guys had a couple of kids. How many kids and how old were your kids in 2014 when, when this was starting to be a problem? So we had two kids. However, if if we rewind. We had our first daughter in 2008 and our second daughter in 2011. So after our first daughter, she was about a year old when we started going to marriage counseling the first time. Um, We knew things, you know, it quickly deteriorated is basically what I'm saying. (laughs) Right after our first one, we were fumbling. We didn't know what we were doing. And um, we had a lot of tension that started right away. And that tension turned into disconnection really quick. So we were in marriage counseling and we put a nice Band-Aid on our relationship and decided to have a second one, primarily for our first one, really. And yeah, yeah because I was like, wait a minute, I feel like I'm already drowning. I don't know if I can do So the, one. The, the concept if they could entertain each other, that might give you guys a, a breather? We don't know. We we still don't know. We're still not sure. Yeah. So as our marriage isn't doing great, we decide to have another one. So that second one really was like a compound effect for us. It wasn't just like one plus one equals two. It took us over the edge. And so I had struggled from some postpartum depression. Our second daughter didn't sleep for seven months, more than three hours. And so it was really just the kind of the beginning second beginning to the end after we had her. She came in 2011. So by 2013, it was a problem for us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... She asked me to move out. Yeah. (laughs) I asked him to move out. I said, this isn't... Yeah, this isn't working. So that's how... And and our girls are now... 11 and 8. 11 and 8. So at the time, what? They were 6 and 3, I think, when we decided to call it quits. And and you said, Brandy, that this 
deteriorated pretty quickly. Yeah, it did. But what were the things specifically that, you know, were the points of contention that where you guys were really having that friction? I would say the biggest thing is we felt like roommates. It, it, there was, there wasn't passion and intimacy and connection. It was, there was a lot of me bossing Lance around and him shutting down because I was constantly bossing him around. And he felt like he couldn't really do anything right. And which, from my perspective at the time, was correct. And so it was really just this cycle that we were in of bickering and complaining and, you know, going to sleep irritated to waking up and stressing out the next day of who's going to do what and where's the kids and the kids are, you know, and then parenting, we were fighting. We just, we were felt like we were fighting about every topic, like how we would manage the household, how we were going to manage the kids, you know, who was spending money. Yeah. Dr. Richard, our philosophy in marriage is built on four, what we call four legendary relationship elements. First one is you, you know, your own self, your personal development. Uh, uh, the second is your partner's element. Uh, the third is your friend's element. And your fourth is your lover's element. And we describe in, in the book, uh, in the partner's element, which is the second one, and they work in that order. You, partners, friends, lovers. Yeah, they build on each other. They build on each other. Yeah. And the partner's is sort of that business side of your relationship. And what we found, true with us and true with a lot of couples, is that they get caught in what is called the partnership, or what we call the partnership loop. And that's really where couples just don't really have a strong connection or plan in place in order to take care of that bit of their relationship. And that includes things like parenting. It includes your roles finances. and finances, all the things that couples generally... Schedules, taking schedules, care of the household. Right. Yeah, and we get trapped in it. So we call it the partnership loop because you, you, it's hard to get out when things aren't um, in lockstep and it's dysfunctional. And so we had a dysfunctional partnership. And so without that, being friends and lovers wasn't, wasn't in our relationship. It's kind and of so, like a, a weird hierarchy of needs, right? Like the way it that is, you describe yes. this. You're absolutely right. And I, and I want to jump into these four things at a little bit deeper, but just for, for the chronology of what happened, it sounds like by 2015, you already, Brandy, you were into the Miracle Morning and Lance, you got by proxy introduced to it. Did it click right away or did, did it take time for you guys to kind of reset and then start coming up with the, these four tenants and some of these other things that are in your book? It was pretty fast for us. It, yeah, I think what really happened, Doctor Richard, was that you know we were back in like we, we we decided we liked each other again when we were growing our individuality or individual selves, the you element. We decided we actually really liked each other and that we wanted to give our relationship another real chance. And we said, well, what are all the things we need to work on? What is it we're going to do in order to cast a vision and create the marriage that we really want? rather than consistently just fixing what is broken, right? And getting back to the start, just getting back to the starting line. We wanted to move past that starting line. And so I think that the change in our relationship started to show. I think people started to take notice of what we were doing. And they asked us, well, what did you do? And Brady and I were like, well, what did we do? So we kind of broke down everything into these parts and things we worked on and, and, and you know, topics really. And we said, oh, huh. It all kind of actually lines up into like us being individuals, us fixing the business part, the partner's part, us actually wanting to be friends again, and then us wanting to really be intimate 
and lovers again. And so we kind of broke it down into these four four areas. Right. But as far as uh, timing goes, you know, when we decided to put the marriage on our on the shelf and work on ourselves, we took that very seriously. And what we see with a lot of couples that struggle and continue to struggle is doing the work takes commitment. And we both made a very strong commitment to ourselves. And so as I go on this personal growth journey to really look inward and and figure out what my DNA is on our relationship, number one, hired a great coach. And he helped me to see some of these patterns that I was reliving in our relationship that were from, you know, childhood damage. And so this intense directing and correcting and needing for control um, in our relationship and dominating the relationship was a result of wounding that I had had that hadn't been healed. And so for Lance, so you have this, you know, intense dominant feminine energy or masculine energy coming from the feminine side. And then Lance, who has been shut down and lost his confidence, went and started building his confidence. He got into CrossFit. He got his own coach. And so we're simultaneously growing ourselves and and healing ourselves and becoming two happy, healthy, um, confident individuals. And so it we naturally started to come back together. And so for us, once we decided, okay, wait a minute, we kind of like each other. There's a lot at stake here. We're two lovely people. It's you know we didn't have you know abuse and and some of the things that it's like is this really worth it like lance is a great guy and i'm a lovely person and so we decided to create the best marriage that we could create and from that point again our marriage became the number one commitment to us and so when people say how long did it take it took us about 30 days to fall back in love but honestly, we worked every single day. Can you go to this? No, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm working on my marriage right now. Can you add this to your plate? No, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm working on my marriage right now. And our marriage was number one above anything else. And so when you put that kind of commitment in, 30 days is possible. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. It's really interesting because what I'm hearing you say is very different than what a lot of people talk about. You hear people say, oh, you should always put your kids before yourselves. Uh, But you're saying the opposite opposite. is, is true. And yeah. it, it also made me have another thought, which is interesting because we've all run into people whose sense of identity is completely 100% tied to being a parent and nothing else. Yeah. Right. And you know, those people have always seemed like the most unhappy people I've ever in, in, encountered because they don't have any sense of identity. And then their kids go off to college and they have no idea what to do with their lives whatsoever. So I, I want to dive a little bit deeper 
into this, this methodology. And so we have these, these four components. And so for, for somebody listening to this, they're an entrepreneur, they've got a nine to five and they've got kids and they say to you, God, I just, I don't have the time. Talk to us about that. Cause I imagine that's an objection you, you've heard more times. Than oh not. yeah. All the, all the time. We're all of the same amount of time in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yes, some people have overscheduled themselves. We were, we were those people. We had to scale back on commitments that we had had. We had to, I, I had a, a very demanding business at the time and I had to scale back what I was putting into that business. When I left the office, I had to shut the office down. So we all have priorities, right? And so it's not a lack of time. It's a, it's a lack of, of proper alignment and priorities and, and having your schedule match your priorities. And so if I ask somebody to take a list of your priorities, one at the top and number 10 you know, being your lowest priority, if I asked you how much time, how much of your best time you gave to your top priorities, you, most people would see a misalignment. So if you have your priorities in order and then you have what gets the best of your time on the other column, you're going to see these lines going in opposite directions. And so that's the first step is really getting aligned with what your priorities are and having your calendar match that. So if your marriage is and, and having a happy, healthy, legendary marriage is a priority to you, then what are you going to get? What are you going to take the time away from? Because we have to say no to something in order to say yes to something. Or if you're saying yes to something, what be really clear on what you're saying no to? Because we only have some, we only have 24 hours, right? So if I'm going to add something in, am I saying no to my sleep? Am I saying no to my business? Am I saying no to an extracurricular thing for the kids? What am I saying no to? And the harsh reality of somebody saying that they, you know, yeah, sure, I want to, my marriage is a priority, but I just don't have time, then their marriage really isn't a priority. A, priority. <laughs> a, a hard reality, probably, for somebody to hear who, who just thinks, oh, yeah, you know, it is a priority. So all of this is making perfect sense to me. So we, we're spending the time on personal growth. And as we move into this next part, part two, and kind of the, the partnering piece. So Historically, you know, somebody cooks, somebody cleans, somebody does this, somebody does that. You're on getting the kids, you're on, you know, swim team, whatever. So talk to us about the delineation of responsibilities in your methodology of parenting. That's a great question. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's strengths-based to start. What am I good at and what are you good at? So that's the first question. Like, what are my natural strengths? How about next question is what do I enjoy doing? I enjoy cooking, but I don't like doing the dishes. Do you think you could do the dishes so I could enjoy cooking more, right? Little things like that. So the first step is to identify all of the things that need to be done. Okay, just make a de- brain dump a list where it says, oh, drop the kids off, do food prep, um, manage the calendar, manage the whatever, you know, make a list of all the things. Then create, you know, here's Brandy's strengths, here's Lance's strengths. Okay, we canceled out some of these. Here's the things that you enjoy doing. Cancel those out. Then you have the leftovers, right? No one really wants to do. Nobody wants to take out the trash. Okay. You got to flip a coin and you got to split them up. I got the raw end of that coin. Dr. <laughs> you got the trash. Yeah. I don't like... <laughs> I actually don't mind now. I mean, it's part of my but I, I do. But I do emotional conversations with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, right? We have and, two girls. So, <laughs> And as these things come up, right? Because as we grow and evolve in life, new things come on. Okay. So we're going to add soccer to our schedules. Who's doing this part? Who's doing that part? And so... 
it's it's having a making a conscious effort to prepare and plan ahead um, as things come at us and and divvy them up, so to speak. And so um, that's the the first step is is having it be strengths based. And the thing is, it's not the sexiest part of it's the mar- the relationship, no. right? It really isn't. But it's the work that has to be done in order to create the space for the part that is fun, for the joy, the happiness, the connection, the intimacy. So you don't get stuck here. Right. And it requires also consistent checking in. You know, I mean, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this and then... Well, and this is where the miracle morning for couples came in. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it was, you know, part of it was our daily check-in. Okay, so if we're going to take a very... Um, hard stance on saying our marriage is our number one priority right now. What does that look like? Every single day we have to check in. How did yesterday go? How are we doing? Okay, you started taking out the trash or you started doing this piece. How did that do? How did I do? How, how is it all feeling? Should we shift something? Wait a minute, that didn't work. Pivot. It's not a big hard conversation. It's just a quick check-in. And so that was one of the first pieces to where the Miracle Morning for Couples came to be was that that check-in piece. It, it makes sense. And I definitely want to shift into the miracle morning for couples. But before I do, I, I want to talk about the third one. Because friendship. friendship, right? So you've done the work on yourself. You figured out that Lance is taking out the trash. <laughs> and doing the dishes, <laughs> dishes doing, Dr. Richard. Doing, doing yeah. the dishes, but he's <laughs> smiling. So that's a good thing. But but now, it, you know, we've we've created this space. And so... For a lot of people, even though this sounds intuitive, this might not be. So take us through how we reconnect and really become friends with our with our significant others. So I want to touch real quick on one more thing with the partnership. The partnership are is having our basic needs met. Okay. If our finances aren't in order, we're overwhelmed. If the laundry's piled up and the dishes are in the sink, we are overwhelmed. And so having the partnership at least flowing enough to where we don't feel stuck in overwhelm of our life's basic needs being met, it frees us up to energetically be available to be a friend, right? So I think that's a really important piece. And a lot of people want to jump and say, we're not friends. And so how do we, how do we develop the, the friendship element? Well, you have to energetically free yourself up so that you're not stuck in the overwhelm to be able to get into this space. And so to think about the friendship element, think about when you're younger and you're becoming friends with someone new, right? There's an element of getting to know each other. Hey, what's your favorite color? What are you what are you in, into right now? You know, tell me about yourself. <laughs> Brandy and I went on a journey of actually rediscovering each other yeah. through this. Once we decided we wanted to stick together, once we got that partner's piece you know, in lockstep, as Brandy said, we decided to become good friends again. And what do you do? You ask a lot of questions, right? I mean, we got really get down to, to things like, other. tell me about the most embarrassing time, you know, when you were a kid or even just doing simple things. Because I know some couples, including us at the time, weren't even sure what to exactly talk about. So yeah. we love the idea of things like table topics or question books or whatever, just to get the, the ice broken, just to open up the opportunity for conversation that is not so heavy. You know, it helps, you know, I mean, eventually you're, you're going to have heavier conversations around intimacy and what have you, but that friendship piece is really just about deep knowing, about really knowing each other and, and continuing that journey. 
Right. And then having fun together. Yep. So there's the deep knowing component. And, and that part, honestly, was probably the, one of the best steps we did in all of this. Like I can remember back to sitting out on our porch and we would go out, put the kids to bed. Mm-hmm. So we also added extra date nights. So this whole one week, you know, one time a week thing that we did where we would go out to dinner and have date night, that was great and fine. However, we had multiple nights a week that once the kids were in bed, we would go sit out on our deck, have a cup of tea or a glass of wine, and we would sit and have a conversation with each other. No electronics, no TV. And... Um, ask questions. And I would sit there and learn things about him that I didn't know. He was into records and going into record stores for hours. He would just go through these records and he told me about these different times his mom would drop him off. And then we didn't have cell phones back then, right? And then pick him up hours later. And, you know, these different, you know, experiences that he had as a, as a kid. And that's how I felt connected to him. I got to know him more. I got to understand who he was and where he came from. And so the next part was we started having friendship dates and we would go go go-kart racing and do fun, goofy, silly things that friends do, right? There was no pressure on the intimacy of our relationship yet. There was no pressure on you're not being affectionate enough to me. We were just playing. And so we spent a couple of weeks in this area and really, really just got to know each other and started having fun again. Yeah. Yeah. Before we got to the last element, which is lovers, which is the intimacy and some of the things that can make couples really uncomfortable once you've been really disconnected and stuck in that partnership loop. So let's talk about that. We've worked our way through our, our first three yeah. parts of the journey here. So how do we reconnect with lovers? I think the thread here to kind of pause on and say from element one all the way to element four, an important piece to this is the designing piece. So Mm. if you think about a plan for your health or a plan for your business, what do you do? You create a business plan. You create a health plan. You say, I want to be you know, at this place in my business by the end of the year. The same thing applies for each one of these elements. The same thing applies for your relationship. And we have on our website, our, it's called our relationship planning guide. It's a free guide that walks you through these steps. And it's really important to do that for intimacy. Like what does a, a healthy, intimate relationship look like to me? What does a healthy, intimate relationship look like for you? And what are the steps and what are the things that we can do to start to make this a reality? Baby steps, right? Like here's the plan. Is this, is this first step comfortable for you? Can we start, you know, cuddling or kissing more or adding intimacy back in? You know, some couples may not have problems with intimacy. It may be problems with other other, you know, areas and maybe it's vulnerability. And so identifying the things that need nurturing and and need development in that area and then taking baby steps and creating a safe space, which the friendship really helps that. Exactly. That's you hit the nail on the head. You know, having those conversations and developing that friendship again creates that space to feel safe, to feel vulnerable, to have these more challenging conversations around, you know, masculine and feminine energy, understanding that, understanding each other's needs, let's say in the bedroom, you know, I mean, that's, that's desires, right? Desires. Yeah. What do I desire? desire. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then being able to have those conversations. So that's why we, we believe in the the stepwise fashion of these elements. Right. And now, you know, we've been doing this for years and we've worked with a lot of couples and we talk with a lot of couples. 
it's very important to develop it one stage at a time because couples so often want to jump. They want to say, oh, but our intimacy isn't there. Well, how's your partnership? We fight all the time with the finances, but by golly, I want sex four times a week. You know, right. it's like, you can't, you know. That, that, right? Like, you know, or the, she's coming to bed and there's no, the dishes are in the sink still. And she's got a pie, the kid's homework's not done. And she's all right. And so we, in order to free ourselves up to be intimate and to be safe, the partnership and the friendship elements need to be strong and developed. It makes a lot of sense. One of the questions that I have is when you've done all this, you still may have these real, real world challenges, you know, such as oh, of course you schedules do. and whatnot. So yes. how do you reconcile you know, the, the one spouse that does want sex four times a week and the other spouse that's exhausted, for example? And I'm sure there's countless examples, but that's the one that, that pops into my head right away because you hear about that a lot. I mean, yeah, like, you do. There's in nearly every relationship, there's generally a higher desire partner, right? right. And so I think a lot of this, and you can you can chime in on this too, is it's just sort of the idea of understanding the needs, let's say, of the lower desire partner so that they can feel higher desire or even vice versa in them wanting to meet the needs of, of the other. I think at a certain point when you really have those other three elements in lockstep and you're working on the lover's element together, there comes a place where the two of you are, are, are two happy and whole individuals. That it's a, I'm going to step aside for a moment here. David Dida, who wrote The Way of the Superior Man, talks about these three stages of relationships. One being, what can this relationship give me? Two, the 50-50 relationship. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And then the third stage being that you selflessly give without expecting anything in return. And so when you reach that third stage, you come to this place where you, you want to meet each other's desires. You, yeah. want, you want to do, you want to actually, you know, you can't make another person happy, but you want to uh, have, create this. You want to fill their cup. Right. And, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Right. And, and so in relationships that have healthy elements, this isn't a problem anymore. Like if, if he's having a desire moment or day, I, I want to make that happen for him. It doesn't come up that I'm too tired to... I also We also don't design our days to be too tired very often. And so it, that's a priority. Our marriage is still a priority and the desires of my husband are a priority to me. And so it's not... It doesn't come up like that anymore, if that makes sense. Right. And, and if she's, let's say, too tired, I know this about her in that moment. And he so I'm not, feel and I'm not going to ask. You know, it's, it, we've, we've worked so hard, or at least we've not worked so hard necessarily. We have developed those three other three elements so strongly that when we're at this phase, it, I don't want to call it effortless. It's effortless. Okay. It, no, let's call it effortless. <laughs> call no, it effortless. He, he's at, it is, it is absolutely, and people ask us that all the time. Like, what is it like now? It is, it's genuinely effortless. However, we still do the work. We still check in. We still do team ourselves, which is Miracle Morning for couples. We still do team. And so we did it this morning, like every day. And so for us, it's not... Our marriage really is a priority. So these typical struggles that we used to have and that a lot of couples have aren't struggles for us anymore. And our kids know. that. I want to I add that really quickly. Our, yeah, kids, our kids know, know how know. important our marriage is, how important we are to each other. They know that they, our marriage is more important than them. It's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've enjoyed this a lot. And I'm thinking about something else I wanted to ask you because I think about things a lot of times in systems and, and that's a psychologist in me and I just me can't too, help yeah. it. But so <laughs> what happens? Talk to us about, you know, somebody listening to this and they go through these four steps because you change, your spouse changes, but a lot of times you have tremendous toxicity in your environment and oftentimes from immediate and or extended family. So mm. talk to us about sheltering yourself and, and what are some of the things you can do to prevent that from impacting your marriage once you've gone through these four steps? You just opened up a can of worms, Dr. Yeah. Who, inf- <laughs> who, in- who influences you matters, okay? And so you have to create a bunker for your marriage. And it, let's just not even talk about marriage. Okay, let's just talk about your life. If you have toxic people in your life, what direction are you going? Are you going in the direction of your dreams, in the direction of of fulfillment and happiness and health? Or are you going backwards? So marriage or not, single even, no kids. Whoever is, is influencing your life directly affects the direction that you're going. And so same applies for your marriage. If there are if there's toxic energy surrounding you by you know family members that are and so how do you do this? That's a, a question that we get asked a lot. So how do you navigate this? Right? Um, you start by saying, it's a, "This doesn't work for me right now," or "No, I don't have time to talk right now." Because the truth is, the moment that you make something else a priority, the answer is, "No, you don't have time for that right now." I don't have time to talk to my toxic mother because I'm working on my relationship with my husband. Is that going to negatively or positively affect it? Negatively. So it doesn't fit in my schedule right now. Does that mean that it will never fit in my schedule again? No, it doesn't mean that. It just doesn't fit right now. And so we have, again, priorities. People can be put in priority areas or, or orders. Okay, so if my husband's number one or my faith's number one, my husband's number two, my kids are number three, and my you know healthy family members, my healthy coworkers, friends, X, Y, Z are all above toxic. Where's toxic fitting in? It's only so many hours in the day. Right. So you're, you're scheduling, you're creating boundaries by prioritizing the scheduling of time, which is, I love that. It's just time, right? Because if all we have is time, right? I, I know you agree. All we have is time. And so in that time that we have, we either have high energy or low energy during those times. And if we're giving our high energy to toxic people, we're taking that high energy away from the people that deserve it most. And in a lot of ways, I know this is hard, for tough conversations. You know, I mean, I was very close with my father, who I'm not as close with now, but I just had to have a tough conversation and say, you know, I don't want to go into the many details, but I had to simply say your relationship is impacting my relationship with Brandy and therefore we can't see each other or talk as much. You know, that wasn't an easy conversation to have. Neither was mine. But yeah. Brandy was so important to me that I had to have it. I had to have it. I had to put that out there. Do we talk more now? Yeah, sure. But there was a time I had to have that conversation. It, dep- it also depends on the stage of your relationship. If you are in repair mode, right now we're not in repair mode. I can invite my mom back into our life now. He can invite his dad back into our, our life now because we're, we're solid. We're, our foundation is stable. But when our foundation was crumbling, 
it was it wasn't helping us. Right. They no longer now have the power to impact us exactly like they it. used to. We're stronger now. Yeah. I love that. And I want to just take a couple of moments and transition here, because we've we've been weaving this in and out, but talk to us specifically about your book, The Miracle Morning for Couples. So I obviously the these four elements that we talked about are a part of this, but talk to us about the Miracle Morning part of this and, and specifically what happens to a person when they start going through this? Well, I mean, like we, we mentioned, the Miracle Morning was really important to us individually. And at the time, Brandy and I, when, when, you know, we were working on ourselves, our marriage and everything, and we, we were enjoying time together. But we decided we wanted to make more time together. And so in the morning, we got up and started doing our Miracle Morning together. You know, actually, the, the, the savers, those that are fans of how to understand the savers, uh, and we were actually kind of doing that together, but then adding little things in that we had, were doing before, like appreciation or talking about the schedule, or you know, we were both into checking pers- in. yeah, checking in. We we're both into personal growth, so uh, we would you know talk about a podcast or something we were listening to, and, and while we were meditating, maybe we were touching knees or even holding hands. Um, and over time, what we realized we also valued, we actually valued our individual miracle morning time but then also valued that morning time together. So how could we do both? How could we do both? So we began doing our savers individually and then doing those additive things that we enjoyed together afterward. And those four things, which we call team, which is touch, education, appreciation, and meeting, really don't have to take that much time. Sometimes it's five minutes. Yeah, sometimes it's five minutes. Um, I would say normally it's 15 to 20 or until the, mm-hmm. the kids even actually will sometimes wa- let the kids watch us, you know, after they'll get up in the morning, we're still doing our team time and they know that they, you know, they can either be a little bit part of it or they can sit there while we finish it. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things, you know, we had mentioned the check-in, right? That's one of them for us is that meeting time. And um, one of the the things that we were doing was we were doing things at night before we went to bed and it was sharing appreciation for each other and incorporating touch, like even if it was just snuggling. So the miracle morning for couples came to be when we just decided, okay, these are the most important things for us to do every single day. Well, if we have four elements and we want to be touching on all of the elements, how do we incorporate the four things every single day that move our relationship forward, move the needle forward, right? And so that's how it came to be. And um, so now T is, did you already say them all? I did, but go yeah. away. I went touch. really fast. And so touch is, is really simple because you don't have to, you can do all the other things while you're touching. Like literally, I could put my legs over his legs. Takes I could, no additional time. Right, I could put my arm on his back or rub his head, right? Anything just to be physically touching each other. It's one of the things that um, when marriages are, are falling off um, is the first to go is physically touching each other. And so E is education. And so in the beginning of your rebuilding, it is important to use that time to get to know each other. So it can be one question a day. How do you educate the other one on you? And sit, just tell them, just pull a question out of the hat. I'm going to tell you about a childhood memory. I'm going to tell you about um, one thing I'm excited and passionate about right now. Then as time goes on, like for us now, we share something that we're reading from our savers or a podcast that we're listening to, something that we've learned. 
Just this morning, I shared something about Seth Godin with you. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I read this one from Seth Godin. Here, right, so, and then it. that becomes a conversation for us. So then we talk about it, you know, and so ours goes longer when we have, you know, the time. So A is appreciation. So one or more things from the previous day that you appreciate. M is meeting. It's a quick check-in. Hey, how did we do yesterday? How's everything going? Is there something that we should shift today? Something that we should give more time to? And here's the schedule. Hey, we have this podcast interview with Dr. Richard at 10.30 this morning. Yeah, but we're going to be at the kids' school working today. So grab the mic, right? So we had to make sure we had all the stuff, yeah. all our ducks in a row. Right. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, and that's you- it. Yeah. And I think Brandy mentioned this a little bit. Each one of those goes back to the elements too. So T, the touch is the lover's piece. The education is kind of the you because even though like today, my personal growth involves in reading and so does Brandy. And so I read something from, you know, uh, Seth Godin and then so I'm like here, you know. Um, And so that was growing me, but also sharing that growth with her. The appreciation uh, is friendship. Friendship. Yeah, that's part of friends appreciating what we love about each other. And the M meeting is part of the partner's piece, right? That we talked about the business side of our relationship. So the, the, the team acronym doesn't sequentially line up with the four elements, but no. they, they do They do hit them all. So that's They do right. hit them all, yeah. Yep. I mean, we can spell meat from that too, <laughs> but it's still in good order. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> I was going to say, this wasn't the easiest thing to come up with because we're like, okay, we do these things every day, right? We're like, Hal, here's what we do. How do we... You know, yeah, so... And 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 the, the other neat part of it, and we talk about this in our book, is really becoming a team. We're on the same team. And so that was a new concept for us as we developed... Yeah, there's the a chapter even about teamwork and teams in general, you know? Yeah. A chapter on that. Yeah. Very cool. Now, th- this... Uh... I'll, I'll have to think on the, the meat versus team acronym for a bit. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. But in, in all seriousness, I, I have greatly enjoyed this insightful interview. You guys are awesome. As you know, I, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping? And you guys can answer this individually or, or together. Uh, that's the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today. You have one? Yeah, I feel like I always have one. (laughs) I have one too, but I'm Um, going to... What you give your time to matters. I mean, there's so many. It's like like marriage, right? So in relationships, it's hard to have one. But, you know, in light of what we talked about today, I think one thing I'd like to share is that, you know, and we kind of alluded to this on during the interview is that I think a lot of couples think that their relationship is fixed or is okay with the grand gestures, the whole Hollywood moment, or, or we had a night of passionate sex or whatever else. So everything's just fine. And and the foundation of your relationship is not built in the grand gestures. It's built in the small moments. It's built in the everyday little, uh, what Brandy calls little deposits that you make. And that's why us, the Miracle Morning for Couples, the team is so important. It's just five to 15 minutes a day, but it has that compound, that ripple effect on your relationship. And it's those mundane, small, you know, intimate or whatever moments that really build your relationship and your connection. I right. love it. Where can people find you guys? Legendarycouples.com. Yep. From there, Perfect. you can find, you know, Brandy's you cool Instagram things. page and all yeah. that. <laughs> Very cool. And we'll have, uh, we'll have links to that and 
including your book in the dailyhelping.com show notes for your episode, as well as in the app available in the iTunes store and Google Play. Well, guys, I have greatly enjoyed having you on. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and experience with, with everybody listening to this. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Dr. Richard. Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you as well who chose to tune in and listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. <laughs>